we're back on the podcast talking about what does the Bible say about that? This week's topic is gambling. Great to be with you again, Pastor Phil. Well, if I was a betting man, I'd say, just kidding, Keith. Yes, it is good to be with you. I'm not a betting man, at least in the uh, traditional sense. But man, I'm looking forward to talking about this and expanding upon what we said on Sunday morning. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of a you know topic that you don't hear a lot uh, in churches these days, but excited to uh, tackle that and follow up with some questions from the message. But first, man, what a great weekend we had here at Crossgate. Had a great marriage event. Um, of course, the, the message yesterday was tremendous. We had membership matters class with almost 20 people and then prayer on the mountain. So a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, prayer on the mountain with, uh, got a little wet up there, but we had a great time. I think we had about 35 people show up, and that was in marginal weather conditions. So we are already planning and looking forward to our next uh, prayer event where we take prayer out into the community. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I definitely want to, uh, to highlight that as we um, are just taking next steps towards becoming a praying church. Well, as we kick off a brand new series entitled, What Does the Bible Say About That? I want to remind our listeners that we're just tackling some relevant topics for today's society and just asking that simple question, what does the Bible say about that? And this past week, uh, you tackled the topic of gambling. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump right into that. And let's start by reminding our listeners, Phil, how are we defining gambling? What are we actually talking about here? Yeah, it's definitely important to define the terms as we get into things. And of course, we're talking about gaming and wagering. Uh, we're not talking about taking a risk through investing, uh, through business concerns, because business and investing, as we said on Sunday, is a win-win proposition. You invest in something, that business grows, and you receive a return on your investment. Uh, gambling is a win-lose enterprise because for every winner, there must be at least one loser and in mo most cases, many losers, because gambling, all it can do is transfer wealth from one person to another. Uh, it doesn't build wealth at all. So what we said was, and in a comprehensive way, because again, gambling is not simply the experience itself, but we want to consider the, the collateral impacts of gambling. So our working definition was this, gaming and wagering, uh, enjoying pleasure and profit at the expense of someone else's pain and loss. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and you discussed, uh, you know, a few specific ways um, that gambling has become very prominent um, in our society today and, and, and not lost on us that we got a big game coming up, the Super Bowl, um, this coming week. And so seeing lots and lots of ads on TV and, and things like that, uh, particularly about sports gambling. Um, so, Phil, we're asking the question, what does the Bible say about that? So does the Bible address gambling directly? Is there a verse that says, thou shalt not gamble? Yeah, so that verse does not exist. Uh, there are a couple places I think we could argue that the Bible descriptively talks about gambling. The most famous, of course, would be Luke 19, verse 23 and 24, uh, where the soldiers are casting lots. Basically, they are gambling over Jesus' garments uh, at the cross. And, of course, that's actually a, a, a fulfilled prophecy from Psalm 22, verse 18, uh, where, where the psalmist basically says that they cast lots for my, for my garments. Beyond that, there's not really a lot of references to gambling, not even descriptively in terms of talking about where someone was gambling, and there's definitely not a flat-out, explicit, thou shalt not gamble prohibition 
uh, in the Bible. So therefore, we have to go off of principles, just like we said on Sunday morning. There are some things in the Bible that are crystal clear in their teaching, and then there are some things that are more principle-based as we take the timeless principles from the Scripture. Certainly, there are warnings in the Bible about uh, being misled by the love of money and greed and covetousness. Uh, Mark 8.36, Jesus said, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Hebrews 13.5, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5.10, he who loves money will never be satisfied with money. Uh, Luke 12.15, Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. So clearly what we have and what our bank account says and what we have in our, in our pockets, that's not the bottom line. There's more to life than simply accumulating more money. Yeah, that's a great point, and I particularly love what you said about being people, you know, as followers of Jesus, being people that are marked by love and and love for one another, and we'll get into some more of that, but um, you read this quote yesterday, and, and it said this, he who gambles and loses is a fool. He who gambles and wins is a thief. Uh, so what does that what does that mean, and how should that perspective inform our view of gambling? Well, first of all, if you gamble and you lose, uh, other than maybe maybe the experience of gambling, I guess you could call that a quantity or, or some type of tangible return, but otherwise you're just throwing your money away. I mean, I'd feel like a fool if I just threw my money away, or let's say I forgot where I put my $20 bill and I lost a $20 bill somewhere in my house, I couldn't find it, I'd feel like a total knucklehead. So, so to lose money on, on those terms is very foolish. Right? And certainly we could talk about places in Proverbs and other places where people have lost money and have uh, foolishly used their money to, to which degree that they don't have anything to show for it. Right, So in that regard, if you gamble and you lose, you're a fool. Now, some people might have been a little surprised when I said that gambling, gambling is like theft. Uh, if, 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 you, if you win at gambling, you're a thief. Uh, and again, remember, gambling is a win-lose proposition. In order for you to win something... Someone else has to have lost it as well. Uh, we gave the illustration, which, which honestly several people said they appreciated, was the one where you know if two guys walk into a dark alley, one has a gun and he walks out with what belongs to the other guy, we call him a thief. If he walks in with a pair of dice and he carries the stuff that belongs to the other guy out, he's a gambler, right? But what, what that does is it completely forgets uh, this principle of love, which to me is the, the biggest principle at play here when we talk about gambling, regardless of whether it's mutual consent. As we said, if there's two guys that walk into a dark alley, there's a pair of dice involved. Both of those guys went in with thieving motives because they both wanted to take what was the other guy's uh, possession. Now, the, probably the biggest feedback that I got off the message over the uh, course of yesterday and today is that, that we had emphasized the love aspect, that gambling is not simply, you know, this this experience you have and you get the dopamine hit and, and all the rest. I mean, there are other people involved in that transaction, whether you realize it or not, because if you've won something, there's probably a bunch of people who have lost something. So love is, love is a huge uh, principle when it comes to uh, this topic of gambling. Yeah, and that's a great point. And to be honest with you, I have never thought of that before. I've, I've never actually looked at it through that lens, but that is a great point that you know, in order for someone to win, there has to be multiple losers and so much involved in that as far as the ramifications and uh, the, the lives that have been ruined. You can go so far with that, but uh, yeah, great point uh, about considering that we're called to be people marked by love. Well, 
You mentioned this uh, already, Phil, but how would you respond to someone who would argue that, well, gambling is more for fun. It's not an addiction. Um, it's more about the thrill of the game than the money. Well, that is a great question because, again, you know, most of the time when people are thinking about gambling, all they're thinking about is their immediate experience and the immediate transaction that they're experiencing at the moment. You know, there, there's very little thought in terms of the, the bigger picture. But let's just say this, okay? So I, I've heard people say, well, you know, I mean, if we go to Las Vegas or we go somewhere, I mean, I set a budget, right? I have a budget for food. I have a budget for hotel rooms. And I set a $500 budget on gambling because I know I can afford to lose that. I don't want to lose any more. I'll gamble. If I walk away with something, that's great. Uh, if, if I lose $500, I'll cut my losses and go do something else, go swim at the pool or something, right? So it's more of a budgeted kind of thing. Hey, I, I can afford to, to lose this. Uh, again, I, I, I simply go, well, two things. First of all, I go back to the love principle. This is a win-lose proposition. And I think it's, I didn't even mention this yesterday or Sunday, but I certainly could have, that typically the days when government assistance checks and things like that uh, are distributed, uh, uh, gambling and, and, and purchasing of lottery tickets and other things, I mean, it, it goes up significantly. Oftentimes, the people who are, who are the most addicted and the most at risk to gambling are the people who have the most to lose in terms of the fact that they can't afford to in the first place, right? So again, there's, there's, there's more than just us at stake. I was actually talking to a guy yesterday about this topic, and he said, well, you know, I... Um, I don't, you know, I, I mean, I don't have a problem getting together with a few friends and maybe we'll play some cards at my house and, you know, just do a little bit of uh, gambling there and betting and so forth. Or, man, I don't I don't see any problem with just putting a few dollars down on this, that or the other, uh, either on an app or maybe I go to a casino and I'm betting on horses or something. And this guy in particular, he's he's got a couple of really, really small children. And I said, you know, man, on the one hand, I would agree with you. If, if you're in a closed environment in, in the, you know, the dining room of your house on a Thursday night, you got two or three of your buddies over and y'all are playing cards and there's some money changing hands, okay. And you know for a fact that all of those guys are not in any way blade running with their, you know, with their finances or whatever. I, I said, but here's the thing. You've got these small little children there. And as your children get older... I guarantee your perspective on this is going to change a little bit because here's the challenge. What parents do in moderation becomes a stepping stone for excess in the lives of their children. Not always, but I will tell you, I personally do not want to do anything that could communicate to my children that the door is open in this direction and there's nothing wrong with it because, you know, again, with any number of topics, right, I don't, I don't want to set my kids up to think that moderation is good and therefore, that becomes a stepping stone to something else, even if I have no control over it. So I, that's that's me. There, there's just a lot more to this conversation than simply, hey, I'm just I'm I'm just out to have a good time. Yeah, and it, it sounds like that you know a lot of times, and not just this topic, but you know several times, uh, we can get into the conversation of you know where do we draw the line and how close can I get to that line? Well, it seems like that you know it'd be wise to just try to avoid getting that close, if at all possible. Uh, so yeah, got some great, uh, great points there. Well, we got another question. And this one was actually, you know, one that someone asked after the message. And so I wanted to uh, bring this up. And that is about the topic of online fantasy sports uh, gambling and online sports betting. You talked at length about those things. So someone asked after the service this question. They said, isn't watching or attending NFL games, buying your favorite jerseys, things like that, supporting the gambling industry the same way that spending money at Oakland would be. 
So how would you respond to that, Pastor Phil? What are your thoughts? Well, one good thing about this uh, this kind of preaching, Keith, and the topics we're talking about is you're always going to get some feedback from people one way or the other, right? And it's going to and it's come from all different directions and going to have all different types of angles and, and, and perspectives out there. So one of the things that I oftentimes try to look at, at least in a course, I don't have I don't claim to have the spiritual gift of discernment by any means, but but I always try to figure out, okay, what, what's the motive for this question, right? So just for example, I had said yesterday that I personally, my personal conviction is I'm not going to go to the Oakland Casino and eat at the restaurant or watch the football games, you know, at this at the sports bar or whatever. Even though I'm not gambling, I'm opposed to participating, there's no way in the world I'm going to gamble, but I'm going to go and I'm going to uh, patronize the casino with some non-gambling activities. Well, somebody mentioned to me after the first service, they said, well, you know, the problem with that, of course, what, of course I also said, backing up, what I also said was, but that's really a matter of conviction. You know, if I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be down on you if you go and patronize non-gambling things. Uh, but that's just my conviction. Well, someone said to me, well, you know, if you go to the restaurant inside the casino and you get a nice steak dinner, you don't gamble at all, and then you walk out of the casino and you're walking across the street back to your car, and some people see you, do they assume that you've been gambling? Do they think you've been gambling? Is is that setting a good example or not? And here's the thing. I could appreciate that question because I feel like it's coming from a person who truly uh, desires to be holy before the Lord, okay? And I love when people's convictions take them to a place of, of personal holiness, right? I, I would much rather answer those kind of questions rather than uh, you know deal with a situation where someone is not really discerning at all. okay so so you, you, again, the desire for holiness sometimes develops, uh, develops a a trend of reading too much into these things. Just that's that's my take. So going back to this other question, again the the question of well well if 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 you're against uh, you know patronizing the casino for non gambling activities, but you're not going to gamble. Well, isn't that the same thing as watching NFL games on television or buying a jersey? Uh, which, by the way, this Sunday is Jersey Sunday. Which jersey are you wearing, Keith? Uh, I've got my uh, Tennessee Titans Derrick Henry jersey. Maybe the last time that I get to wear it with him on the team. So, Well, you know yeah. what? That's a legacy jersey, man. You certainly don't want to get rid of it. But, yeah, I'm going to be wearing a jersey too. So the question is, is that the same thing as, um, you know, going to Oaklawn and, and, and participating in non-gambling activities? Uh, so I, I would say... Um, that again, it is very easy, assuming that that question and all these questions are asked with, with the right motives. I would say that again, that is a situation where, okay, if you want to read into it that much, then let's unpack some other things, right? I mean, should I watch Fox sports of any kind, right? Or should I watch Fox of network of any kind? Because they, they, advertise, they, they, uh, they, they show football games. And if, if they're showing football games, then then they're making money off of it somehow. And are they, you know, they're supporting the objects of the betting, the NFL. So in other words, it, it would be so easy to unpack so much of this, right? And that's that's why I don't simply come up and say, well, everything is black and white and there's nothing open for interpretation and there's no personal conviction dynamic at all. It's, it's listen, there are some things that are crystal clear and then other things where we certainly have to find a biblical uh, principle for a conviction. Yeah, and you're so right. I think you know if you if you try to just draw a hard line in the sand 
um, on some of these things, you're going to end up living in a cabin in the woods because <laughs> honestly, you know, you, you can't boycott everything. Yeah. Um, and the way that our society is going, um, it, that's what you would have to do. Um, so I would much rather, um, you know, um, like you said, err on the side of personal convictions and, and try to be a light um, instead of withdrawing and, and boycotting everything um, out there. But that does beg the question, Pastor Phil, when we are drawing these personal convictions, and especially when it comes to topics like these, are there specific biblical principles that can help guide our decision-making when we're figuring out just where to draw that line? Well, that's a great question, and that's exactly what we're trying to equip people to do, is uh, ask the question, what does the Bible say about X, and then start to draw some principles from the Scripture. Uh, Certainly, we highlighted three, love, providence, and honesty. Uh, You could also form it in in terms of questions, right? So is it is it strictly prohibited in the Bible? Is there some prohibition? We already talked about that, right, uh, earlier on. Is there a, a flat-out prohibition against gambling in the Bible? No, there's not. Uh, does it glorify God? That's a great question. Because according to Isaiah 65, I would say that people who are truly embracing the spirit of gambling are setting a table for fortune and destiny, as we saw in Isaiah chapter 65. So I'm not so sure that you can truly glorify the God of providence and sovereignty uh, if, if, you're, if you're participating in gambling. Uh, is it potentially harmful to myself or others? Again, that's when you bring in the, the question of love. I mean, even if, even if you can afford it, you know when to step away from the table, you know when to hold them, you know when to fold them, you know when to walk away, to quote Kenny Rogers, the great American philosopher. But guess what? There are other people who are impacted by this, and, and many of them do not. Uh, and, and more and more, I mean, man, just, you know, I said on Sunday that last year's Super Bowl, the, the total number of bets in the revenue place was like $16 billion. And then just this afternoon on ESPN Bet on Twitter, it said uh, they expect $23.1 billion to be wagered and bet on the Super Bowl this week. So, man, it is just the train has gone off the rails and it is just continually getting more and more chaotic. So, uh, you know, it, it it is a real issue, and and a lot of people are uh, being damaged by this. So I, I personally do not want to be a part of it, and I don't believe that it glorifies God. Yeah, and I really I love those questions that, that you presented there. And one of the things that, um, that, you know, I always try to think about is, you know, in situations where I'm not sure what to do, I want to focus on what I know is true, mm. right? And as believers, we know that we are supposed to live according to the Word of God. And so that's why we ask that question, is it prohibited in the Word of God? But we also know that whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we should do it all to the glory of God. So does this glorify God? Well, I'll tell you, man, a great question we could ask at Crossgate Church is, uh, does gambling help me to become a growing follower of Jesus who lives and loves like Jesus and leads others to follow Him? I would say the answer is probably not. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great way to look at it. And again, um, like you said, we're trying to equip um, equip the body to to navigate these often difficult topics and make decisions that ultimately will bring glory to God and bring us uh, closer to Christ. So, that's right. Phil, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a great one. I'm looking forward to the rest of this series and can't wait uh, to be with you again on the podcast. You bet, man. Just kidding, Keith. Ha, ha, ha.
Thank you for listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a ministry of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. To learn more, join us on our website, crossgate.org.